How important are kelp forests? Well, they're so important that there are a group of BC scientists who are actually working to find a way to save these forests for future generations. There's a whole team of people involved in this. And we're going to learn all about it right now, actually. Liam Coleman is with us, a postdoctoral fellow at Simon Fraser University's Department of Biological Sciences. Hello, Liam. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you for being here. First off, explain to us, what is a kelp forest? Where can we find them? Yeah, so a a kelp forest is a a sort of underwater ecosystem that we find uh, in the temperate waters all throughout the world, including right here in British Columbia, uh, we find them in uh, nearshore uh, uh, cold waters, and they are formed primarily by a handful of species of large seaweeds uh, called kelp um, that, similarly to trees on land, uh, can form uh, really important three-dimensional habitat that can span the entire depth of the water column, much like a, much like a forest that we're all more, more accustomed to seeing. And similarly to those forests as well, they are hotspots for biodiversity and a huge amount of uh, marine life, including vertebrates and some really important fish species, including salmon, actually rely on these forests for habitat and also for foraging grounds. So they're actually really important to our uh, nearshore marine ecosystems here in BC. Are they in danger? Uh, Yes, we are learning more and more all all the time that uh, kelp forests throughout the world, including here in BC, are in decline. Uh, we uh, the reasons for this are likely nuanced, and we're and we're still sorting out the complete the complete picture. But we believe that ocean warming due to climate change is a primary driver in these observed declines. All right. So then, tell me about the work that's being done to try to save these forests, preserve them. For sure. So, um, uh, kelp forest uh, conservation and restoration is a great concern in the. Uh, the, the marine community here in BC altogether, and there are many teams in different in different parts of BC that are working on this. But uh, but our team at SFU, um, which is funded by the Pacific Salmon Foundation, is working to develop a novel biobank, uh, which you can think of as being like a seed bank for uh, for agricultural plants um, on land uh, that we could use to actually sort of back up. Uh, different um, uh, kelp forest populations uh, and protect them in case anything happens to them in nature. And then we can use those backups later potentially to uh, help restore those populations. Now, are these, uh, where do you find kelp forests? Like, are they very important here in BC? Can you find them everywhere in the world? Uh, no, you can't find them everywhere in the world. They are um, uh, they do not grow in warm waters. They can only be found in temperate regions. Uh, but they are very prominent here in BC. Anyone here in the Vancouver area can likely go out on a boat, and in different in certain areas, you can find the conspicuous bull kelp uh, floating with the large single float that many of us have seen uh, um, near shore. Um, and then there's also a lot more of them in, around Vancouver Island and up and down the coast of, uh, of North America, uh, or the West Coast of North America. Um, but, you know, they're not everywhere, and some of the species are actually endemic to the, uh, uh, the Northeast Pacific here. Okay, so I understand there's cryogenic freezing involved here. That is correct, yes. So uh, what's, what's interesting about our, uh, our approach for biobanking at SFU is that we've developed, yeah, a, a cryogenic freezing technique uh, which is a little different than what's usually done to store um, uh, kelp germplasm, which you can think of as like the kelp seed. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're actually able to uh, to literally freeze um, these uh, this biological material, and, and much like in science fiction movies, literally, and then uh, 
leave them in storage for an indefinite period of time and then bring them out later, and they should be in essentially the same state they were in when we put them in, which is very useful because it means that we can, A, we can store a larger amount of biological material in a smaller space for possibly for longer, uh, and we can also, once they go into the freezing, they're actually very low maintenance. So um, it's a, it should be a very efficient way of, uh, of storing large amounts of biodiversity safely. Can we, then with that, can we also seed a kelp forest if we need to? That is our hope, yes. Um, uh, there's, there's actually a lot of, there's efforts going on right now throughout British Columbia to try and work out reliable methods for restoring kelp forests. Um, and uh, we're hoping that, uh, that once those methods get sorted out, uh, we can use the, the seeds that we've stored to try and reforest these populations uh, ourselves, even if they become lost from nature. Okay, so this seems like it would have a lot of impact all over the world then, Liam, because if we're using it for kelp forests, can it be used for other areas too? Um, the technique that we developed is specific to, uh, right now it's specific to bull kelp, our, lo- our local canopy kelp, but we're working on, on burying it for other kelp species. Um, every organism is going to have its own, its own sort of appropriate storage technique for, for biobanking in general. Uh, but theoretically, this technique could be used uh, to, store, uh, to store kelp uh, basically anywhere in the world, I reckon. It probably could be adapted, yes. Oh, that is so interesting. So what about mm-hmm. the threats to these kelp forests? Like, what is happening? Yeah, so uh, what we're seeing um, is uh, the kelp forests in, it, it's high, the, the, the pattern is patchy. It's not a completely uniform thing. But in many areas, a, 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 an area of great, of great concern right now that we do have some hard data out of is Puget Sound. And what we're seeing in places like, like, they, like there is um, is the forests have declined sometimes as much as as much as ninety six percent over the last hundred and fifty years compared to their historic levels, and uh, it's not as I mentioned before it's not completely clear why this is happening yet. And a lot of the researchers, such as myself, are kind of in a panic to try and figure out exactly what's happening. Although we're pretty confident that ocean warming is a ma- is a major factor here. Although it's also can be exacerbated by other issues uh, such as the presence of sea urchins. Um, which are uh, really prominent grazers on kelp forests. And if they show up in large numbers, they can mow down the whole forest. Um, so, uh, so what we're seeing is that in areas that there used to be kelp, just less and less each year, they seem to be coming, they seem to be coming back less and less. And we're trying to get a handle on, on, what the, on what's happening there and then try and prevent them from being lost completely. Now, this is so fascinating, Liam, but how did you get involved in this? Like, how did you come to find this so fascinating? So, uh, so uh, yeah, I just I did my PhD uh, not too long ago at UBC um, uh, with a fantastic, fantastic professor named Patrick. Um, and I learned all about, uh, so I did my, my PhD in kelp biology. So I have a strong background in sort of the, the organismal biology of, uh, of kelp in general. And then I was hired um, by the team at SFU. My current boss is Professor Cheryl Bisgrove at SFU. And, um, and I was hired to, uh, to work on this project using my background in kelp biology to help, uh, uh, help curb this potentially catastrophic um, uh, environmental crisis that we're facing. Um, and we, the, the, community, the research community has really only become aware of just how dire the situation is only in the last uh, t- uh, five to 10 years, I would say. So there's a, 
as I mentioned, there's a great panic right now and a great sense of urgency in the research community to do something about this quickly. So uh, I happen to have a good skill set to uh, to be brought on board yeah. to, to help with this. Okay, so is the biobank up and running? Uh, no, it is not yet. What we have um, functional is um, uh, we have our, our reliable cryopreservation technique, um, but we are still um, seeking um, adequate funds and a permanent facility to really get the biobank going. We have a modest collection uh, of germplasm at SFU, but we really do need a permanent space that's larger than our current one uh, to really let the biobank uh, um, uh, develop its full potential. Um, so it's still very much in development, but we're, we're well on our way with the techniques that we've been developing and uh, we're hoping it'll be, it'll be up and running in the next, uh, in the next couple of years. I'm, I'm hopeful. 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 Oh, well, that's good stuff. Liam, thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much for having me.